Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mountains of Magic podcast, your place for Walt Disney World planning tips and tricks. I'm your host, Danielle. And today I am continuing my series on Disney tips um, with kids, with our last age group, the teens and tweens. This is episode 112, Tips for Disney with Teens. Hey everyone, thanks so much for being here today, listening into the podcast. If you are enjoying, please take a second to leave a rating, leave a written review. Super helpful in having others find us over here at Mountains of Magic. But today I'm finishing up this mini series on taking kiddos to Disney. We've talked infant and toddlers, we've talked like prime kiddage. Um, so, kind of like five to 12 year olds was my focus there. But now we are switching. Switching over to teens. So, full disclosure, I do not yet have teens, um, but I myself went to Disney often as a teen and have lots of friends with teens currently that go to the parks um, and share kind of what works for their families with kiddos at that age. So, that's what I'm going to be sharing with you today. Even though if you are not traveling with anyone in this age group in your party, I hope you can still get some helpful nuggets and tips um, to help help you with your next trip. So let's jump in. Some of these tips are going to be the same as I've shared in the other episodes because they're still really important even with the older age group. And that first one is having a conversation beforehand. You know, this is going to vary a lot whether your teen has been to Disney before or not. But what do you want to do? What's important to you um, if they haven't been in a while or if they've heard about new rides? You know, you've got virtual queue systems for things like Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind and Tron over in Magic Kingdom. And so those may be really big things they want to do. You can try for the virtual queue, absolutely. But I might suggest if that's kind of really high up on their list to budget for purchasing that individual lightning lane. Then maybe if you get the virtual queue as well, because you can do both, then it might just be an added bonus, you know, an extra ride they got to do. But have those conversations about what's really important to them. Have that realistic conversation that we'll do our best, but it may not happen. And then just like I shared with the kid episode, try to knock those things out if you can earlier in the morning. Stuff breaks down and getting that individual lightning lane for, you know, 7 p.m., a lot can happen between the morning and 7 p.m. So trying to knock out those things early so that everybody gets in, you know, their one or two things. Another tip in regards to this is just kind of having that budget talk if you need to, you know, what money is set aside. I really love like giving Disney gift cards sometimes to my kiddos, even though they're not quite this age and be like, look, here's what you got to spend for the day. That can be a great option. Also in the My Disney Experience app, if you allow your teen to log in under your account and again, allow, you can have a card on file. You can also link charging to magic bands. Um, So if you do want to allow them, you know, to have those funds kind of hands-free on their devices, you can do that as well. But I definitely think it's important to have that budget talk. 
Um, because here you're kind of moving out of like the toy souvenir age to, you know, maybe a lounge fly bag or a, you know, certain type of clothing, apparel item that could get more expensive. So just deciding before you go how all of that is going to be handled, I think can eliminate a lot of stress and things like that. All right, next tip I would give for this age group is just considering the timeline of your day, okay? Um, Walt Disney World is a lot of times classified as a trip more than a vacation, but I do think it's important to have some of those elements in there. So if you have a teen that on weekends, you know, sleeps till noon, maybe this is not going to work out well that they're rope dropping every single day. So working in those rest days, having some pull days, maybe you even kind of change the strategy and you go with more of a reverse rope drop where you don't get there first thing in the morning, but maybe you show up at the parks at 11 o'clock and and spend, plan to spend late into the evening there. And that's when you have your lower wait times is late at night as opposed to first thing in the morning. So this I'm sure is going to be difficult for me when I reach that stage of life with my kids because I do like to get up super early in the morning. I think there's a ton of value of getting to those Disney parks early, but not at the expense of like making the kids miserable. So maybe, you know, you kind of pick and choose. Some mornings you do a little earlier when you can get to bed earlier. But really just think about their schedule. Think about what they're going to enjoy and maybe adjust your park strategy accordingly. Also note that Disney does offer some opportunities for staying later in the parks. So if you're there during Halloween time, Christmas, you can do one of the parties at Magic Kingdom that normally go until midnight. That can be hard for little people to do, but might be right in the wheelhouse of teens and tweens. Um, There are also... Sometimes um, if you're not there during the holidays, you can purchase tickets for after hours events where the parks can stay open like two hours later. I think 10 to 12, 11 to 1 is pretty common. And there can be lower wait times during those times that can be great for this age group, as well as if you are staying at a deluxe resort, certain nights during the week, Epcot, Magic Kingdom, and I think sometimes Hollywood Studios stay open later for those deluxe resort guests. And I've heard nothing but great things about these extended evening hours, really low crowd levels. And again, this is something that parents with younger kids maybe can't utilize because the kiddos can't hang that late. But that can be a really great option to look into for your teens. Um, And also great if they're not getting up super early for you to still get that part time in. All right. Something else um, to consider when the kiddos get to this age group is just letting them kind of go off and explore on their own, having some split time. So, yes, like Disney is designed for families. There's a ton of great things to do there. And I love sticking with my family. Um, But like I shared on the last episode, sometimes some great Memories can be made by splitting your party into smaller groups and having some individual time. Or even, you know, if you have multiple kids in this age range, kind of letting them go off and just do their own thing. Um, I personally feel secure in being in the Disney parks where I feel like I would do this where my kids are a little older. Um, Some positives. There's only one entrance and exit to the Disney parks. Um... 
there's Wi-Fi, so if anything happens with the service, maybe you can find a way to message back and forth versus that. Um, also allowing, like I said, cards and things to be loaded where they have funds if they need them. Um, but I do think this is just important and can kind of be special to the experience um, if they get a little time on their own. You know, I may not let my 13-year-old back home go off and do something by themselves, but in the Disney park and just with the number of cast members around and the security that's there, I would feel safer about that. So that's totally personal preference. But just something to consider, I think, to kind of empower them, you know, in their experience. I will add to that, though, you know, Genie Plus, mobile ordering, all that takes up a lot more phone battery and phone juice. So making sure everybody's devices are charged the night before, um, that there are portable chargers available for everyone. I love fuel rods. I buy them on Amazon before I go. And Disney actually has fuel rod like charging posts, or they're not charging posts. They're where you can switch out a fuel rod for a new charged one. And you can buy them on Amazon for like half the price they are in the Disney parks, but still switch those out. Um, And they come with a ton of great attachments and everything to link up with just about any device. But have a backup plan, you know, in case something happens and you can't text or someone's phone dies, just to say, you know, we're going to meet at the castle at noon. Regardless, if you're not going to be there because you're in a line, like text, call, whatever, but kind of having that backup plan and that spot people can meet just in case something goes wrong with technology. All right. Another thing I'd say to consider for this age group, again, since, you know, souvenirs and toys may not be as big of a thing, is to consider some of those magical extra experiences as like the souvenir or the gift. So we talked in the last episode, you know, if you have a Star Wars fan, there's droid building, there's lightsaber building. Um, If, you know, you have someone that likes to be pampered, there's the Grand Floridian Spa. Um, That could be be a fun thing, a little kind of side thing that maybe certain people in your party go do. Um, There's also dessert parties at some of the theme parks. There's, you know, maybe a special meal. There's fireworks, dessert cruises. So those can be things that I think this age group can really enjoy, appreciate, kind of a upscale experience or maybe something just special that they haven't done before. Um, So those magical extras, most of them can be books 60 days out. Um, Another fun one I'll plug over at Coronado Springs, you can do like mosaic tile painting that's recommended for kids 12 and up anyway. Um, So lots of different things. Check out that magical extras page on the Disney website. Um, And there may be things, you know, special tours, Um, that the older kiddos can go on and that sort of thing that maybe you didn't know existed that could be a fun addition to your trip. All right, next tip I have is just doing that research, um, especially if you're new to Disney, haven't been before and ha- or haven't been in a long time, about where the rides that might appeal to your kiddo are. So when I think about the teenage group, I kind of think about like the thrill seeker. And to be honest, Disney doesn't have a ton of those, but it's important to know where the new things are, those hot attractions to make sure that you hit them. So just a few kind of honorable mention. 
over at Animal Kingdom, probably your most thrilling rides are going to be Flight of Passage and Everest. So maybe those are two that you want to, you know, make sure you knock out in the morning or first things when you arrive at the park. Magic Kingdom Tron is going to be your go-to. Now, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, Seven Doors Mine Train are all decent coasters, but they're nothing crazy. Um, Tron is going to give you that more thrilling experience. Over at Epcot, you've got the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I sure can't hang on it, so it's pretty thrilling and exciting to those that can. Um, And then I really think your best park, if you're kind of looking to up that thrill level, is going to be over at Hollywood Studios. Now, there aren't a ton of rides here, but the ones they have definitely pack a punch. You've got Rock and Roller Coaster. That's going to be your only ride at Disney World that goes upside down. Tower of Terror um, over in Galaxy's Edge. Rise of the Resistance and Smuggler's Run. They're not crazy over the top, but they're just so well-themed. They really immerse you in that experience. So, that's going to be a great park, I think, to go to with the older kids um, to get in those thrills. And so the last major tip I have for this age group If you really do have that thrill seeker, you know, they're wanting to like scream their lungs out on rides, is to consider doing a split stay with Universal. I love the Disney bubble, I think it just feels different. Um, I love the family aspect. There's so much that everyone can do together. So many great like dining and extra options. But Universal's got it on those thrilling rides. Okay, if you want to go upside down, scream your head off. Velocicoaster is apparently like the best thing since sliced bread. Can't ride it, but... I've heard it's great. Um, So yeah, consider kind of doing a split stay. If you stay on Disney property, it's not an awful drive, you know, going to depend on traffic. But within an hour, you can probably get to Universal in most cases um, and do a lot of great things there. Or you can even move your stuff over, stay at a Universal Hotel. So that can be a great option. There are a ton of Ubers and Lyfts all throughout the area that will take you back and forth. Um, Universal also has some options for shuttling um, back and forth between Disney if you want to do that. Um, A travel advisor can look into that for you. But consider that. Kind of look at what Universal has to offer. If you've got the Harry Potter fan, the Thrill Seeker, there's Marvel stuff over there and see if maybe taking a day or two to go over to Universal and experience that might, you know, appease your thrill seeker. And then if you have younger kiddos, you know, Universal still got things to offer for that age range. But I feel like Disney has a lot more. So doing a split say can kind of be the best of both worlds to give everybody in your travel party a little something. All right, so those are my main tips for Disney with teens. Now, things I skipped over, obviously, keep everybody hydrated in their comfy shoes. They have their snacks. Um, I would definitely have them with their own backpack or whatever to carry some of the load of park essentials that you might have. But I think the biggest thing with kiddos is really just setting those expectations before you go. Kind of think ahead to what potential problems might be, where people may be on different wavelengths with communication, and just try to have, you know, some conversation realistic about we're going to try to knock out people's things, but sometimes, you know, stuff's closed. That's kind of another caveat I would add in that I didn't mention before. Check the refurbishment calendar, because if your kid is just locked 
locked in on something and then you find out it's going to be closed when you're there, better to know before than when you walk up to that attraction. Have those expectations, have those conversations before you go um, and just, you know, say we're going to do our best, but stuff happens and hopefully that can alleviate some headaches that you might have while you're in the park. All right. Well, friends, thanks so much for listening into this mini series with infants, toddlers, kids, teens, and whoever you're traveling to Disney with. Hopefully you got some nuggets out of these past few episodes. But as always, I thank you so much for listening and hope you have a magical day. Bye bye. (laughs) 